Hey, young entertainment professionals. This is Amelia Varney reporting for my winter break in California, where it's actually colder here than it is in Nashville. What the heck? It's 75 degrees out there. Can you believe it? Well, we've got through the holidays, and so what a better way to get yourself back into work mode with some motivation from one of your favorite podcasts. And on this season finale of the Yet Podcast, we are talking about podcasts. Take a shot every time you hear the word podcast. This episode was pre-recorded earlier this month at one of our live Yep educational panels, which took place at home, Nashville's first and only 24-7 community for music and media production. They were generous enough to host some of our educational panels this year, and we were immensely impressed by the space. The audio and lighting was just too good not to record for future use. So you get to listen to this podcast today. And let's get to the panel featuring Libby O, who is our host of the Yep podcast and of her own podcast, The Libby O Show. We've also got our Yep director of events, Zach Kuhn, on the mic. You may know him from the Nashville Briefing and, of course, the Zach Kuhn Show. This panel also features Matt Burrell from In the Round, a podcast and weekly show series at Live Oak, and Timon Bacon from The State of Black Music, which is tied to the New Museum of African American Music down on Fifth and Broadway. I'm going to let our moderator, Caroline Hodson, take it from here, live at home in East Nashville. Young entertainment. Young entertainment. Young entertainment. Young entertainment. Young entertainment professionals. You're listening to the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast, a series featuring the next generation of creative and business professionals in music, TV, and film. Hear their stories on navigating the industry with the help of the Young Entertainment Professionals Network. Thank you guys so much for coming. Really appreciate it. We know everybody's very busy on the holiday season, so we appreciate you guys coming out here. Um, Yeah, tonight our event is the power of podcasting. Uh, So we're really excited to have these amazing, amazing panelists up here uh, for you today. These guys are awesome. I can't wait for you guys to learn all about them. Um, But yeah, we have uh, Timon Bacon of State of Black Music podcast. Uh, We have Libby O of the Libby O Show and the Yep Nashville podcast. We've got Zach Kuhn of the Zach Kuhn Show. And we've got Matt Brill of In The Round podcast. So if you guys want to just kind of go down the line and uh, give yourselves uh, or give the audience a little brief history of your careers and how you got into the podcast world, it'd be great. Okay, I guess I'll start off. So what's up, everybody? I'm Timon Bacon, um, and I am one-fourth of the crew from the State of Black Music podcast, which is the official podcast of the National Museum of African American Music. Um, In terms of my career, um, by day, I work work in brand partnerships with RCA Inspiration, which is the gospel division of Sony Music. Um, And then a few nights out of the week, we work on the podcast. Um, And in terms of how I got into podcasting, um, when I moved here in 16, um, you know, just in, in and around Nashville, meeting different people. Um, Phil Thornton, who's one of the co-hosts on the podcast, is actually GM of RCA Inspiration. So 
um, that relationship stemmed from that, that. And then he introduced me to Clark Kelly and Chuck Carmony, who are two amazing songwriters and producers, people that I've been following since I've been in college. And it just it was dope to kind of have a full circle moment when you can, you know, um, establish a relationship with with people that you admire. So um, the four of us were just sitting at their studio in Franklin one day and. Um, just talking about music, our love for music, different artists that we love, um, listening to some of their stuff that they had been working on. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, hey, this could be, this could possibly be a podcast. Um, and one Saturday we just hit record and a six hour conversation became like two or three episodes, two inaugural, two or three inaugural episodes of a podcast. So um, the podcast started out as um, We Sound Crazy, um, and then we did a rebrand last year once the museum opened, um, once we became partners with the museum, and we're now State of Black Music. So um, check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm Libio, everybody. Um, I'm the host of the Yup Podcast. Uh, you can stream everywhere, um, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all sorts of platforms. And we feature um, industry, industry people. We feature entertainers, like artists, songwriters. And we talk, talk mostly about their career paths and then also how they've been involved in Yup, um, either in the past or currently. And we have um, an, our next episode coming out with my friend Katrina Brooks, who is a hair and makeup stylist, um, airs next week. So she talks a lot about how um, she got to where she is today from LA to Nashville. And uh, so be sure to look out for that. And then I also host my own variety show called The Libio Show, where I feature a variety of entertainers, um, that's artists, songwriters, obviously being here in Nashville. And then we've got actors, authors, um, I worked at NSAI in the past, uh, helping them with their songwriter content and developed this love for um, interviewing. And so I've done a lot of red carpet work. And then I've done some live hosting for Vertigo Music for their uh, app, Vertigo Music um, Live in the Lounge. So you can actually download that app, uh, Vertigo Music, and tune in live um, to interviews and listen to uh, the artist's interviews and, and uh, music videos. And I would say I got into podcasting pretty early um, in uh, my college career. So um, I got into entrepreneurship, uh, digital entrepreneurship. And one of my professors was encouraging us all to um, start our own app as a group project. And so from this group project, I won't get into the, the uh, details of it, but um, started my own small business blog where I interviewed small business owners in town. And Nashville is super special in that way where we have a big, um, a big small business community. We've got the Porter Flea Market. And so I went around and uh, interviewed these small business owners and um, then got into podcast editing and released the podcast version of my blog. And that just kind of led, all of that combined led to where I am now. So... Um, you can check out the Libio show on YouTube and Facebook. And then I just relaunched the podcast feed on Spotify. They've released this new feature where you can actually put the video on it as well. So, um, and I'm on Instagram as well. So thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm Zach. I, um, I started my podcast really because I just wanted an excuse to talk and uh, to <laughs> hear the sound of my own voice in my headphones as much as possible. Um, but I, I started them like early on the pandemic because I was just so fucking bored. Can I curse on this? Am I allowed to curse on this? No. Yeah, go for it. Is the <laughs> I was so bored in the middle of the pandemic and I was so lonely and I just thought, you know, what if I had a podcast and I could talk to people every week on this podcast? Um, 
So I just, I like, I hired someone to make my artwork. I put it together. And I just started emailing like old retired people because I thought they're bored and they're probably you know not working and they'll have amazing stories and be super interesting. So the first five guests were like all people who were like music industry legends but very retired. And then after that, I started emailing people that you know were not retired at all who were you know leading the industry right now. And they were like, oh, you had so and so and so and so. Like those were my mentors coming up. Like you must be legit if they came on your podcast. So I was able to, you know, get amazing guests on. I've had um, Seth Godin on, who's a big writer. I've had, I just had Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top on, who's a massive. I, I mean, my first concert was ZZ Top, and I grew up loving Billy Gibbons, so that was insane. I just had Panos Pene on, who's president of the Grammys. I've had Stephen Galanis, CEO of Cameo, on. So I've had insane people, and now I have people like reaching out to me to come on, which is very weird because um, I just, I, I was just so bored. That's why I started the podcast. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's my short version. Um, I'm actually in the process of launching a brand new show right now in the beginning of next year. We've shot five episodes. It's very innovative. It's very cool. It's going to change the podcasting world forever. I'm trying to hype this up as, as much as I possibly can. It's never been done before. It, it's been done before, but we're doing it in a great way. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm passing the, uh, I'm passing the baton to my left. What's going on, guys? My name is Matt. Um, I host uh, In the Round podcast here in Nashville. I got into podcasting because I used to be a radio guy back home in New York before I moved down here. And radio has changed a lot over the last uh, four or five years. So wasn't able to necessarily get a job uh, working radio down here. So got my had to fill my itch for needing the microphone. So we started a podcast and. Uh, and when I'm not doing the podcast, I go out on the road with uh, with different artists. I work as a tour manager, as a merch guy, I do some day-to-day -day work as well. And then we also host with uh, In the Round. We do bi-weekly songwriter nights at Live Oak, which has really helped us grow a lot. So if you guys are ever out on Demumbrian, we do those at Live Oak. And you can find In the Round anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Incredible. Those were all very well spoken. It's almost as if they do it for a living. <laughs> All right, so something that I admire about all of you guys and kind of like the structure and the setup of your podcasts is that you use the podcast to elevate artists, songwriters, industry professionals, etc. cetera. Uh, so what kind of drove you to cultivating such a supportive platform in the industry? Um, I think for me, um, just being... African-American and um, being here in Nashville, um, just the drastic change in the last, because I moved here in 16. So seeing the drastic change from where we were in 2016 to now, where it's a lot more inclusive. Um, we have a long way, we have still a ways to go, but you know, the, the, the tide is starting to change. And so the good thing about State of Black Music is that we're we're able to touch on several different genres of of black music um and you know black music is the the foundation for a lot of music that's um a part of the fabric of american culture so um the fact that we're able to do that on the podcast and then the fact that we're connected with the national museum of african-american music which is a first the first of its kind um and is right here in nashville is um definitely something that helps to you know help drive that conversation so um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I would say um, first thing is working for NSAI and with songwriters. Um, it helped me develop just this love for supporting um, independent artists. So 
Uh, obviously, I've had you know some big names on my show and when I'm on red carpets and that sort of thing. But I just really developed this love for interviewing indie artists that basically do everything on their own and really have to, to be resourceful. And so being able to support them in that way and to let them share their story for longer than five to ten minutes, um, whether that be on a podcast or on my show, has just been really inspiring. And you learn that Nashville, like you were saying, is just so inclusive and um, so diverse in that way, whether that be they're, they're not a genre or they're very specific to one that's not very common. And, um, uh, you know, also too, I mean, songwriters and artists are obviously the big industry here, but I mean, there's a lot of people that are coming here who are authors that need press, um, actors, there's, I don't know, politicians, like it's just, it run, runs the gamut. So I would say just being able to continue that, that diversity in, in my show and with the Yep podcast. I just think it's cool. Like, I feel like if if you have a podcast, a great reason to start a podcast. But it's this just like it's this crazy door or you know magic key to basically talk to like anyone you want to. If you have this you know podcast platform, and then that it's just like you have these conversations with people that are the most interesting people that you can possibly get is who I try to get. Like I try to shoot so big, I, I try to get Paul McCartney on the podcast. His, his <laughs> publicist yeah, turned Go me for it. every Let's time. Do it. Every time Paul McCartney does like a big thing, like the Get Back documentary comes out, and I email this publicist, this guy named Steve in New York. Poor Steve, who I've never met like in my life, uh, and he always writes back to me saying like, "Not this time," but like you know, stay in touch. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, whatever, Steve. Hey, Hey, one, day. one day, Steve one day, one day, I yes. think Paul could come okay. on. But I try, you know, you try to get the most interesting people you can get, and you have these amazing conversations, and it's just, it's cool. Like, like I, whenever I have a great episode, I get so excited, just put it out in the world and have people listen to it. Especially like if there's something in it that I think someone could really hear, and I know who my audience is. I know a lot of younger people who are trying to break into the music industry listen to my podcast. It goes out through American songwriters, so people all over the country listen to it who are aspiring to be musicians, you know, aspiring to break into the industry. And I have, you know, I'm so fortunate to have some of the best of the best executives and artists and just people who are so smart, so much smarter than I am on my podcast. And I really, I think about the audience a lot more than I think about the guests. I mean, it's, I love giving the guests a platform. Um, that's a great thing, but I turn down tons of people too. So, uh, so it's, it's almost less about the guests, although that's a big part, obviously. It's just, you know, I just try to think about what does my audience want to hear? And, and when I get something great for them, that, you know, that's what makes me super excited about it. Yeah, the audience aspect is is very important and something like like you had touched on Libby, having the independent artists, that's kind of been my thing. And especially those are the artists that I tend to work with going out the road. So being in the trenches with being able to see writers that just come to town and then you you start by like you said like you had said, Zach, getting the getting the bigger kind of guests, like giving something for the audience to learn from. Um, I've had a lot of people that'll come up to me and said, I learned so and so, I listened to this episode with this person. And what I like too is that it's it it is open. It's not FCC regulated. You want to you want to drop an f bomb? You can do that, um, and it allows more of that intimate conversation. Because when you listen to the radio interviews, they got a PR person feeding them what they got to say, what they can't say, if they have a good PR person. But um, with by doing the podcast stuff, you really get a look at who the guest really is and get to see them kind of shine and have them say things they might not otherwise say because you give them that open platform, you know, which offers a really good. Uh, look into stuff, you know? Absolutely. And this is an amazing segue to something else that I wanted to talk about. But, you know, when you are talking to either your co-hosts or your guests, you know, what what is that filter that's going on in your brain of, okay, how do we get the best content 
for a podcast, for the audience, for this to be engaging and interesting? Um, how do you find yourself kind of steering a conversation maybe one way or the other? I thought, um, sorry to interrupt, I, I thought that um, it's a lot easier to do in person. I think we've all been doing podcasts long enough that we've all done Zoom, we've all done Skype, we've all done, if the guests aren't here in Nashville or we're not in the same place, and body language to me, and that might be from coming from the radio background, seeing the body language of a person, seeing if they're, they're sipping a beer, sipping that water that we have for them in the studio, or seeing just how their hands are moving or whatever, um, that's kind of how I kind of am able to steer it, personally. That's awesome. I think also, like, like something that I've picked up on, I had Cody Allen on my podcast, like, two weeks ago of CMT, and we were talking about this, and we both feel the same way about this. So this is just the Cody and Zach theory, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> but sometimes, like, you'll start a podcast, and you'll be like, oh, my God, here we have so-and-so who's done this thing and this thing and this thing and is one of the best people in the world. Like, okay, like, welcome. And you start off, and, like, that always tenses the people up, and then they feel like they have to live up to something, and they have this yeah. reputation, this whole thing. And I feel like the best way to start a podcast is just, like, very casually and just jump into a conversation right away. No hype. Like, I do all my hype stuff, you know, afterwards. I'll, I'll record everything afterwards when the person isn't there. Because it kind of freaks them out, I think, and tenses them up. And they go, okay, we're on, we're live, like now we're stressed. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, one of the first things I do, just kind of set the tone right out of the gate. You know, this is very casual, very loose. You know, say whatever you want. There's no one here. There's no one, you know, there's no audience. J just us here, just you and I. Um, and then, you know, like, something else, like another tip I like, which I stole from Howard Stern, who um, he's, I've heard him say this, that, if you listen to Howard Stern, you'll notice that he'll say, oh, my God, like, Seth Rogen, it was great having you here. Like, you know, that's it. Like, we're done. And then he keeps talking for, like, another 30 minutes. And it's like, what? I thought we wrapped here. Like, like what is that? And I heard him say once in an interview that he does that because he'll say, like, okay, we're done. And then that, like, the guest will relax if they think, okay, like, okay, we did it. Like, we did the interview. That's out of the way. We're done. And you get the best content like in the next 10 minutes or the next half an hour, whatever it is, like I'll do that if I feel like the conversation's ending. I'll be like, okay, so-and-so, like thanks so much for coming on. This was so great. And then like be like, oh, by the way, I wanted to ask you this. And like for some reason, that just like puts people in a different mood. It makes them talk so much more like the cameras aren't on or we're now recording. Like it just, it really makes it feel like we're just here getting coffee hanging. I don't know what, like what that is or why that works, but if you do host a podcast, give it that a try. Just be like, hey, we're done. Thanks so much. And then, like, just throw in another question. They always respond a throw little differently. Throw in the heater, the curveball. Yeah, they always <laughs> react differently after that. I'll say this. I know just what I've found in doing this podcast the last two years, um, almost three, wow, um, is that just being yourself, um, like, we, we interviewed Earth, Wind, and Fire for our last episode. Insane. Ooh. Insane. Yeah. I'm still, like... <laughs> Did that really happen? <laughs> right. Um, but for them to, like, of course, when you meet someone new, you don't know what to expect. But when I, I just feel like once they got wind, and I, I could, this is just my, my speculation, but once they got wind of the fact that we're intrinsically music fans of what they've been, what they've done for years and years and years, and, you know, it, it helps when you, helps when you know your stuff. Yeah. Um, but just to the energy of okay, these are people that really love our love our music. Um, they're not here to talk about anything salacious. They just want to talk music. They want to talk, you know, culture. They want to talk about the museum. 
that I feel like that helped them to open up. Um, and so that's what I found with, you know, different artists and guests that have come on our podcast. Like when you are yourself and you just because it is a music podcast, when they get the energy that, OK, they really love music and they know what's happening with my catalog, <laughs> like it helps me to open up as a person that might not might feel like, OK, they're going to ask me something about you know, my personal life. Because we, we yeah. really try to stay away from that um, on our podcast, which I don't really care like about what's going on with you and your wife or your, your husband or whatever. But um, yeah, I think that's that's the thing, just being yourself and just allowing that energy to sure. transpire between the two people. So yeah, I think like kind of going off of that, like talking to them like they're a friend in the room. Um, and if you're going to ask something personally, like there was one guest that I had, uh, Sabina Gadecki Rich, her husband, Tyler, is a country star and she's an actress. Um, and she was in LA and then moved here to be, to be with him. But her brother has been going through a pretty intense, uh, cancer battle and she's been posting about it online, you know, asking people like donate if you can, you know, the thing is like a brain tumor or something. But, um, I asked her, I was like, how's your brother? And she was like, thank you so much for asking. Like no one ever asks me that. And it was one of those moments of like, I felt connected her in a way where she felt humanized. And I think that that helps them open up even more about how their creativity is helping them either with their personal life or is giving them an outlet. And you get a little bit more than the standard, you know, stock answer. So really connecting with people like it's a friend in the room, making them feel comfortable, um, listening, like that's my biggest thing. Like you can have a list of questions, but you know, don't ever pressure yourself to, to feel like you have to ask it all. Like listening, you're probably gonna get more answers than what you prepared for doing that, so yeah. This podcast is supported by Creative Nation, a music company that motivates people to become the best version of themselves by valuing their unique talents. Founded by Grammy award-winning songwriter and producer Luke Laird and Billboard power player Beth Laird, Creative Nation is home to Lori McKenna, Barry Dean, Tyler Johnson, Steve Mokler, Casey Brown, Cassie Ashton, Bear Reinhardt, Alec Bailey, Jonathan Hutcherson, and Travis Wood. With 56 radio singles since its opening, 16 of which have reached number one, this company relies on passion, innovation, and inspiration to make the boldest moves in music entertainment. Visit www.creativenationmusic.com to learn more. The Yep! Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Regions Bank Entertainment and Sports Division. With experience in entertainment, our Music Row bankers offer financial guidance for all music makers, business professionals, and those that make it happen behind the scenes. The Regions Entertainment and Sports Division is here to offer artists and business managers plenty of resources, personal service, and market intelligence at every stage of their development. They provide a range of solutions from everyday banking needs and tour support to financial advising, publishing financing, and royalty lending. Visit regions.com slash music row to learn how their team is discussing the current state of the industry with business leaders, artists, and musicians. Uh, kind of along those lines, do you guys have a specific interview uh, that you remember did not go the direction that you thought it would? Uh, but oh, yeah. for better or for worse. I, th I think everybody's got at least yes. one that's gone either way. 
what, and what you guys and had. maybe maybe if in a case for better, uh, what was that, and where I did had, you guys end my up? My big interview fail is um, I was interviewing uh, Stephen Galanis, who's the CEO of Cameo, and um, this was very early on in my podcast. I really felt like I was boxing up a weight class, and I had a friend of mine like really pull some strings. <laughs> it's a great visual. To like. <laughs> I had a friend of mine like really pull these strings to like get me the interview and I just I don't know I felt so much pressure and um and he's a super nice guy as I've learned or as I mean he was he's, he's always he's a super nice guy but like very quick and like kind of intimidating because he's so smart and I was on this uh I, I did this interview with him and I asked like two questions and then my mind went completely b- blank and I couldn't think of what to say. And I literally said, I said this verbatim. I was like, Stephen, this has never happened to me before. I don't know what to say next. Like, I just, and he was like, that's cool, man. Like, take a time. Like, take, like, take your time. Take a minute. Was this in and, person? Or? No, this was over Zoom. And by the way, he was in like a massive, like insane beach house behind him. That was like gorgeous. And I was like, oh my God. Like, so I took like a minute and I was like floundering. I was like so hot and sweaty. I was like looking over my notes because I take so many notes when I prep for this. I was like, there's got to be a question here. I was like, there's got to be something. And I pulled it together and then I like, and then I, the rest of the interview was fine, but I feel like that like ruined my energy, like the flow, like it just like it ruined the whole thing, I feel like. But it's weird like you, when you do something like that, I don't know why, but like you just, you never make that mistake again. And now what I do, because I've thought about that moment, I'm like, okay, what could I have done differently? Or like if your mind goes blank, like what could I do? And my line now, if I don't know what I'm going to say next, and I need just a moment to think of something, is I'll just be like, oh, my God, I had a great question for you, and now I can't think of what it is. Like, hang on. Wait, I'm trying to think of what I was going to – I was about to ask you something. I got this amazing question. Like, that's my line now of like – and then you can edit that out post, but that just, like, keeps the conversation going. Like, even if you're just rambling, like, silence kills the mood, and it's so awkward. Like, even if I'm – I'll keep going and be like, oh, my God, like – Wait a second. I was about to ask. What was I about to ask you? Like I was about to ask you something. Like that just keeps the energy going. Not that that happens that often, but like now, if you're ever in a conversation with Zach Kuhn and he does this to you, it's because I have no idea what I'm gonna say next. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. um, For me, there's what's what was hard. I mean, it's happened a few times where it's like I'm sure you guys have had this happen too, where like you find guests and they're just not big talkers, and it's like trying to pull trying to pull teeth just to get them going. And originally, I used to have a co-host that was like a producer, and he would be able to chime in. Him and I would kind of bounce bounce the ball back off each other if the, if he or she on the guest side wasn't wasn't doing as much talking. But now I'm by myself, so I've had it happen before, and it's like you got to kind of find something like you said, like that personal thing or something to just kind of be that icebreaker. Um, and then over Zoom, I had a couple that were. I was very excited for, like, I'm not going to say any names, but, like, big songwriters that I was like, holy shit, we got them on our podcast. Like, how, how did they even say yes? And then it was just, like, kind of underwhelming because they weren't wanting to open up as much and stuff like that. So that's kind of the roadblock I've run into. I would say, fortunately, we haven't, not that I remember any interactions with guests where it's kind of been super awkward or you kind of regret regret doing the episode but i will say that i've learned that i should not drink before <laughs> doing an episode dude i don't drink anymore but other recreational activities before not always the best idea <laughs> that's a good that's a good rule to because, stick to i mean there was one episode when we first started back in 19 and i just when i listen back to it now i'm just like tomorrow <laughs> you shouldn't have had that had that old fashioned but um that's one thing that i've learned not to do because it takes me yeah, it, it, it takes me in another place that I just shouldn't be on a podcast that's going to live forever. So, yeah. 
we'll all take that with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say I haven't had many. There, there's one incident that stands out to me, um, and it was more of like a live interview, which live you just, it's all about just recovering if you mess up and not thinking about it too hard. Um, but there was one live interview that I did with a uh, country band, and they were kind of like you were saying, very kind of stiff, didn't really want to talk. And I like had memorized all the songs, all the questions. And the first song, I literally had one word off, and I'm asking about it, and he's kind of looking at me funny, and I'm like, why is he looking at me weird? Like, uh. And then the, the song started playing, and of course our mics are turned off during that time. And I looked down, and I realized I had said it wrong, and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I promise I've listened to your music, like everything. And it ended up being fine. I had to kind of get through like the stiff conversation, but... You know, it's just all about being like, you know what, made a mistake, move on, and, and it ended up being great towards the end. So awesome. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's the beauty about what we do as podcasters yeah. is when you mess up, you could literally, in the same moment, <laughs> just use it as a moment to, mm -hmm. hey, I fucked up. Yeah, catch, <laughs> catch, catch, your, catch your breath it's and rebound. Yeah. 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 Like, sure. That's also like, like if, if you're interested in podcasting, like listen to a lot of podcast hosts, which is such obvious advice, but... I think early on, whenever I'd say something that was wrong or I'd get a quote or a stat wrong, like it used to really stress me out. And if you listen to like the best podcasters like Joe Rogan, Howard Stern, uh, you know, I don't know, whoever else like makes a ton of money and is just super famous for podcasting, like <laughs> they always fuck up and like make mistakes and, and they'll go, oh, really? Oh, that's not right? Oh, like, well, what is it? Like they always get it wrong. Not always, but it happens all the time to them. Um, so it's just like. I think early on that stresses you out and then realize like, oh, okay, well, that's not it. What is it? And then you just move on. And I think people get it, you know? And if they don't get, fuck them. Like, you know? Exactly. Like, fuck them. 100%. <laughs> like, let's, come on. If they're not here to have fun, we're doing it. We're trying. We're trying. We're working hard. We're doing the best we can We're here. trying. We're multitasking. It's all we can ask from ourselves, right? Um, so kind of swapping into, you know, moving away from the, while you're in the podcast mode and now post-production marketing kind of stuff. Um, how do you, you know, depending on how hands, hands-on you guys all are with the marketing side of things, how do you promote your podcast to new listeners every week? How do you keep finding these new audiences? Um, I, well, I'm not as, I will be honest and say, I'm not as hands-on with that process. Okay. We do, you know, sit around it. We sit down and talk about just how we like to approach that. But, um, I know personally, I try to engage with people on socials, um, and just try to, you know, retweet, do retweets, um, just really, you know, try to engage with people that might, like you have one person that might talk about your podcast and then someone else is commenting under it say oh i never heard of this podcast before maybe i should listen to it and i'm like yeah you should <laughs> jump in <laughs> go ahead and listen to it here's the link <laughs> that kind of thing so yep. i'll do that um and then it does help when the guest if they have a large well even if they don't have a large following but um it does help when they can post about the episode that they're a part of we try to make sure that if um, like we had Jennifer Hudson on, um, Phil, he interviewed Jennifer Hudson when she came here for the respect, um, viewing and, you know, we made sure to release that episode during the week that the movie came out because, you know, if you typed in Jennifer Hudson on Google that week, respect was going to come there up you are. Yep. and hopefully our podcast was going to come up somewhere in the conversation on, on Google. But, um, we try to just do things like that, try to make sure that we are 
aligning what we're doing with that particular artist with whatever they're doing, um, have them post about it. And then the beauty about being connected to the museum, they have their own base. So they help to promote it as well. So I would say like in regards to the Yep podcast, we do pay attention to, you know, the, the group page on Facebook and what kind of industries um, are posting most most often. And I mean, there's a lot of photographers out there that want to know how to get their first gig. So we try to think of photographers that, you know, we can bring on the podcast. Um, what's the need there of, you know, what, what, our, what our listeners need in terms of career advice um, and that sort of thing. So um, and then in terms of artists and songwriters, we try to obviously feature a variety of them because they all have different stories and not everyone's uh, journey is exactly the same. So um, really kind of keeping a mix there. And then for the Libio show, I'm a one woman show right now. So <laughs> basically do a little bit of everything. Um, I've gotten better though through that, realizing what I need to cut out of an interview and what to keep. So I don't think as hard and long about like, oh, I need, to, I you know, I'm hanging tight to that one quote, like if it's okay, like I just remove it and save it for, for a behind the scenes video and that gives me a little bit more content um, to repurpose. So I would just say obviously looking at social engagement, um, for me, you know, I was putting episodes on Instagram for a while, but a lot of my episodes range from 30 minutes to an hour and not many people watch that long of a video on Instagram. So it was great for the launch, but uh, right now, it's more like behind the scenes on Instagram and TikTok, and then Facebook and YouTube is where I push everything. So, yeah. Uh, I'm lucky because I'm, I'm with a podcast network, the American Songwriter Podcast Network, so they do a lot of the promotion stuff for me, and they have great platforms. Like, they have the magazine, they have their email newsletter, and they have the, their socials, which have big followings, so they always blast my podcast out, which is great. Um, I also run a newsletter called The National Briefing, which is read by thousands of people in the industry, and I blast my podcast there out, too. The thing that's tough with podcasting is it's really hard to discover a brand new podcast if you've never heard of the podcast before. Um, so try and find ways like TikTok, for example. Like You can discover someone on TikTok by scrolling through the For You page, even if you've never heard of them before. So I put a lot of my content out on TikTok, which is a super slow grind. Like It's like... It's so slow, but you just think about like you put a video up and you get like 400 views, 500 views, a thousand views on TikTok, which seems so small if you're comparing yourself to like Josh Richards or Addison Ray. But like that's like a thousand people that saw my face. That like you know like you know if I was in a you know that's like Carnegie Hall or whatever. Like that would be crazy. So it's you know I think put, putting on socials and just constantly putting content. On, I try to put two to three videos up a day, which is just taking my hour long interview and and cutting the clips into a minute long, 30 seconds, two minutes which is a huge pain in the ass, but I think it's going to bring rewards. I, I really hope so. Um, you got to speak it into existence. And you've got to right? speak this into it. Well, what happened is like, so I do this and I get like 400 views, 500 views, a thousand views, 2000 views. And then I had Billy Gibbons on the podcast who looks like such an icon. I just put a clip of him up and I got like 40,000 views, all these comments. It was like all dads. Like I was in like dad talk, talk. Like I like all the classic rocker dads were watching this clip. But hey, I was like, look, that's, that's views, bro. I was like, that's take views. It. I'll take what I can get. Um, but I mean, with the, I think the other thing with promotion, I'll give two other things, is just being super consistent with it because I didn't realize this early on, but a couple months into doing my podcast, I was like meeting these people that were like, I listen to your podcast every Tuesday. Like, I love it. I was like, really? Like, you listen to every Tuesday? And he was like, oh, yeah. Like, I look forward to listening to it every single Tuesday. I was like, really? Like, that's so weird. But like, people really, if you put it out every Tuesday, people get into the habit of listening to it or whatever day. It doesn't have to be Tuesday. Um, and then the other thing I'll do is if once you develop a catalog of episodes, 
is at the end of every episode, I'll say, if you like that episode with so-and-so, you know, Ben Vaughn, of, you know, who works in publishing, you might like this episode with Beth Laird of Creative Nation, who also works in publishing. Because if someone is listening to your podcast and they make it to the end, clearly they enjoyed it. They're an engaged listener. And I try to just send them right away to another episode or, you know, see if you can keep them and get them listening to something else and really make them a fan. So plugging other episodes, you know, at the end of your podcast, you know, works because people go back and listen to those and they go, oh, I, I like that episode. I should listen to that episode. Um, so, yeah, the, that's kind of some of the things that I do. Yeah, that I haven't even thought about to doing that. Like that's that's a good. That's Aren't a good you glad idea, you right? spoke on this panel? Of Dude, the, uh... <laughs> I'm glad I'm learning some shit. That's good. Uh, now for me, it's definitely Instagram's our big thing. Um, I will say, like as far as the marketing and the promotion stuff, our like community outreach and interaction by having the writers round has helped tremendously. We've seen like a huge growth in in connecting what we do, what I do on the podcast to having what, what we do at Live Oak on Tuesday nights. And then the consistency too of like releasing episodes on the certain day and all that. Um, I have seen like Facebook in general isn't what it used to be. Unless you're pumping a shit ton of money into it, you're not going to see the results, which kind of sucks because you don't make a lot of money doing podcasting. Um, TikTok, I haven't really dove into. And then Twitter, I'm starting to get into a little bit more. But like Instagram has been our big thing and we're working on getting some more content going because I see it's it's important to have like barstool for example half their damn page is just just podcast content so yeah. like it, it works you know it's important to have it's just having the resources to do it all you know absolutely yeah and do you guys want to talk a little bit about the setups that you guys each have in terms of like do you film you know libby you have the show do you film it do you like what do you find is the best way to promote it is it like an audio clip with your logo is it like a video clip like how does that kind of work for you guys um, our podcast, um, as of re recently in this year, we really have started to um, do a big focus on just the, the, the visual content. Um, so we've been able to utilize space at the museum whenever someone comes in town and we interview them. We did the Earth, Wind & Fire interview video, Bobby Brown. Um, we do. We have like a mixture of the audio and, and visual. So um, and we try to, you know, take, you know, hot takes from each conversation and put it out on socials. That way it can entice people to wanna listen once the episode does come out, so. I would say for me, it's mostly visuals and video for the Libio show, so the branding, um, if anyone watches it or you know whatever, um, is super bright and colorful and upbeat, and so I try to um, show more of like the actual conversation through video um, on my Instagram feed, on Facebook, and I would say as far as setup, I like every shoot to be a little bit different. So I have a studio um, out in Cool Springs that I use for more of like my sit down. But there's a lot of other guests that, you know, some, some of my friends or, you know, friends of friends who are, are entertainers, um, we do documentary style. So we'll go um, to their studio or like their favorite restaurant and kind of make it more like, like a lifestyle interview. That's um, really cool. To make, yeah. it, to make it fun and different and to change it up and um, not always stick to that sit down question and answer conversation. I always try to have like a game in there um, every so often to like loosen people up. Cocktails, maybe. So there you go. That'll do the Cocktails trick. always work. <laughs> they just don't work for we, me. <laughs> we mixed um, on camera one time, although I didn't drink before. I had a drink in the middle, you know, so it's not like. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sliver. Definitely. Um, when you're doing it over Zoom, it's tough because sometimes the video is a little weird. You don't. Get, it's hard to get the best quality. I've upgraded my like I have a plug-in camera for my computer that just gets a little bit better visual. 
definitely for clips that you're posting on socials or anywhere, like it's so obvious that like like real video footage is way better than just like a sound wave or like like think about what you would want to see. Like it's so much more fun to see the faces of a celebrity than just to hear them. Especially if you're on a platform like TikTok where everything is so visual. Like when I switched to, I, you know, I started with just like a sound wave and there's like apps you can just on like Canva or whatever. And then when you switch to video, like it instantly people pay more attention. Like it's so clear. Um, so it's trying to get that footage. So with Zoom, it's a little tough, but it still honestly works fine. Um, the best thing to do is to pick the version of Zoom where like, not where two people are side by side, but where it fluctuates between the two. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I feel because that. Because that gives you, when it's like this, it's way too like wide. And then when you put it on your camera, the faces are too small. So when this, it's just better. Just trust me, just do it that way. <laughs> um, and then also like, if you get more serious, like there's podcast, there's actually a podcasting studio here at home, plugging home. Um, there's podcast studios around town that you can get in that have cameras and everything set up. Um, and that's really where you get the best quality content um, or you can hire videographers or you can get in. I'm trying to get into it myself because I feel like that'd be so cost effective, but I'm just, I, I haven't, haven't done it yet. Um, but definitely visuals. That was the question, right? Visuals yeah. definitely yeah. are, you know, the way to go. Yeah, visuals are important. We've just started doing it recently. So in my, my like two and a, I guess two and a half years of doing the podcast, we've always had like a, a home studio, either at my old co-host's house where he had cats in the basement, but it was like a cool music like setup because his, his roommate was a producer. So it was kind of like a cool, we didn't even do visuals back then, but it just was a cool vibe. Then we had a studio at my old spot that I used to live in further outside of town. And now we've got a home studio set up and for me being a radio guy, like the mics were, I know they say like you can podcast cost effectively and have not go crazy on mics. But like for me, I like, I went very hard on like having my, the certain mics that I liked and like the certain interface that I liked and, and the uh, audio programming and all, all that kind of stuff. So we're definitely more audio focused than we are visual, but we're working on getting the, the visual stuff up there more and more. Again, it's just all a cost thing. It's like, why, why pay the money? But you do get what you pay for if you go into a studio space. Sure. But yeah. if you got a ball on a budget and you can get some mics and some soundproofing like they got up on the walls here, then why not do it at your house, you know? Oh my God, when I got my SM7B, Oh, uh, I see. I don't even use that. You know I mean? use, oh my I, god! I use, I use RE20s. This like guy radio, knows. I saw this guy was when I those, got those are great. They're great for everything. When I you know bought that, I felt like such a badass podcasting pro. Yeah. I was like, oh my god! It's worth the finance. You know, know what's funny water, is bro. I don't even use it. I have like this USB like uh, <laughs> sure mock up, and I go, I like uh, that's easier because I don't need to carry my interface around. Yeah. So I bought the SM7. I think I've used it like twice, and I was like, you know, the really? USB thing is like ten times easier. So I don't know if anybody wants one. I've got well, one. If you're, doing I'll it sell over, it well, if you're doing it over Zoom too, like that. Makes that a lot that's of what sense. I'm saying. With See? Zoom, I just plug in. There's a sure like USB sure pod mic. mic. It's like, like a SMB sure podcast mic or something. It's ex that's exactly what yeah. it is, and that's what I use. And I it has a USB thing. I just plug the USB thing with an adapter directly into my computer, and that's and I, it connects to Zoom. That's all. I don't even have an interface anymore. I mean, yeah. I have it, but I don't use it. Yeah. It's just that. I would say like another good virtual interview platform that I've gotten uh, used to using just because it helps with editing and I don't have to do as much in post is StreamYard. So StreamYard has a really great um, visual. It's a little bit clearer than Zoom sometimes. And then I also get like a good USB mic. So Rode is my go-to. Yeah, the, yeah, the Rode. Yeah. I've heard of those. They're I've heard great. of those. Those are good. Mm -hmm. They're not your fave. I can tell. <laughs> actually, I've actually never even used them. I don't even know. I was like, is he lying to me? <laughs> I don't even know. I will say if you can have a great engineer on your team. 
Yeah, that's, you can afford yeah. that. So they what can. Did you say a what? A great engineer, so they oh, can show yeah. you oh, yeah. a sound guy or girl. Yeah, yeah, all all that stuff they were just talking about. I yeah, that's not my. That's, yep, that ain't no. my wheelhouse. Yep, no. I just show up, put my headphones on, and get to talking. So. So for all shout the new, out to Guru, all the new podcasters, add it to your holiday list. Yes. The mics and an engineer. <laughs> you can get the it. engineer, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast. To get connected, visit yepnashville.com and follow Yep Nashville and Yep Los Angeles on social media. I'm your host, Libby Ulrich, and until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate. Well, I sure am grateful for our engineer. Shout out to Ryan Sandlin, who helps produce our Yep podcast. If you're looking to hire some assistance with your own audio, there is no better, in my opinion. So, now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, detailing podcast monetization, setup, and formatting for your audience. You're going to hear more about that in part two, coming soon. In the meantime, I'm going to be Googling SM7Bs and RF20s and R2D2s. Talk soon. This podcast is brought to you by Live Right Play. For over six years, Live Right Play has focused on finding and developing some of the best songwriters, producers, and artists on Music Row. Our current roster includes Olivia Lane, Skip Black, Matt Nolan, and Tony McVaney. You can keep up with Live Right Play by following at Live Right Play on Instagram or going to liverightplay.com.